freedom, right? We have freedom from anxiety. We have freedom from fear. We sing that song like, I will put my hope in you and I will not be shaken. But if you, so I'm one, I, I experience anxiety often and it's hard to not feel shaken, right? Can anyone agree with that? Have you ever felt that too? That you know what, like sometimes we say like, God, I'm not gonna be shaken, but it's hard to not be shaken. We listen to the CD with our kids in the car. It's called GT and the Halo Express. If you, if you have little children, I highly recommend it. It's back from like the 1990s, early 90s. I remember listening to it as a kid, and it's these guardian angels that show up to this brother and sister, and they help them through these life circumstances, and through singing songs, they learn scriptures, and they have scriptures to rely on. And so on Christmas Eve, we were driving to church, and we were listening to one of the CDs, And this girl was scared as she was going through a situation and the guardian angel showed up. And she's like, where have you been? I needed you. And the guardian angel said to her, don't you know I'm always with you? And that night in worship at Christmas Eve, I was worshiping God and God just said the same thing to me. Don't you know I'm always with you? And so as I was reflecting on that, Galatians 2.20 says, it's no longer I who live, but it's Christ." who lives in me. So for those of you here that, you know what, you want to say, I will not be shaken, but sometimes you feel shaken, I encourage you just to raise your hand and let's just cry out to God and say, God, like, help me in my unbelief. God, would you strengthen my faith? God, in the situations and the areas of our lives that we feel fear and we feel anxiety and we feel helpless, we surrender those to you, God, and we trust and know that you are there with us. You are always with us. You never leave us. God, Christ, For those who have accepted you as our Savior, you are living in us. Your Holy Spirit dwells within us. Jesus, you said that it's better that I leave so that my spirit can come and be with you. That literally, better than Jesus walking on earth, it's better having his Holy Spirit dwelling within us. So we stand on that today, God, in Jesus' name, and we surrender it to you. Amen. Please be seated. Well, good morning, Shiloh, um, and welcome to those of you who are online and those of you here today. Uh, my, my name is Mark Lacasse, and I have the privilege to bring a message um, to you guys today. Happy New Year, by the way. Um, we were crazy enough with two little kids to get a puppy over Christmas, so by 9.45, my wife and I had the lights off, and we were sleeping, and we did not, well, we rang in the New Year sleeping. Um, but hey, the puppy's sleeping through the night, so that's good, right? Puppies and kids do the same thing. Um, so... Um, Today I want to talk about how when we know why we do the things we do, we can be more impactful for God's kingdom. Ephesians 2.10 says, we're God's handiwork created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. So God has a plan for each of our lives with specific good works for all of us to do according to the scripture. And I believe that when we know why we do these good works, it can give us clarity for what God wants us to do. So a couple of few months ago, I was sitting in my grad, I'm, I'm in a grad program, and so I was sitting in a grad class, and the professor started off the first class by showing us a video. And I don't know if you've ever been in one of those secular experiences where you see something, and you're like, oh my word, I see all these spiritual implications from what I'm watching. And so this video has been really impactful for me. Um, for the last few months, and I want to start our message today by having you watch that. It's only a few minutes long. It's done by a comedian named Michael Jr., if you've ever heard of him, 
And with the idea of, you know, why do we do the things we do, keeping that in mind, let's watch the video. How do I know? A lot of people, when they think of the phrase, how do I know, they always want to put the what behind it. How do I know what I'm supposed to do? The, the question that you really should ask is, how do I know why I'm here? Because when you know your why, your what becomes more clear and more impactful. If you know, like for instance, um, people know that I do comedy, but that's what I do. My why is to inspire people to walk in purpose. So I can do comedy, I can write books, I can be in a movie, because all of it is motivated by my why. In fact, I have a new, uh, a new web series out called Michael Jr. Break Time. Uh, we probably just did the sixth episode. It's on YouTube. So every single Wednesday at 3 o'clock, we drop a new episode on YouTube of Michael Jr. Break Time. What it is is it's me. I travel around the country, and I do stand-up comedy, in case you didn't know. <laughs> and in the middle of my comedy set sometime, I'll stop and just talk to my audience. And we've been filming this, and it's... You know, it's, it's pretty cool. So we're in Winston-Salem. I'm going to show you a clip from Winston-Salem. And I'm just talking to this guy in the audience, and he tells me that he's a, uh, a musical instructor at a school. So I was like, all right, you're a musical instructor. You know, can you sing? Let me hear you sing a song. So this is what happened at the last episode of Michael Jr.'s Break Time. Check it. So you're a musical director. Cool. Yes, sir. All right, so... Um, let me get a couple. Let me get a couple bars of like uh, Amazing Grace. Can you do the first part of that? Let me, go ahead. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. Wow. That brought could sing. You know what I'm saying? All right, all right. Um, now, once you give me the version, is if... Uh, your uncle just got out of jail. You got shot in the back when you was a kid. I'm just saying, let me see the hood version real quick. If you, you know which version I'm talking about, just see if that exists. Let me see what you got. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound Here's what I want you to catch. The first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time, he knew why he was doing it. When you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're walking towards or in your purpose. Pretty cool video, right? 
So I'm sitting in my grad class thinking about education because I'm a teacher and, you know, why do I teach and blah, blah, blah. But I was instantly like, why am I a Christian? You know, so um, I love what Michael Jr. said. He says, the first time I asked him to sing, he knew what he was doing. The second time, he knew why he was doing it. The first time, he was doing a job, he was singing a song. But the second time, he had that purpose and he knew why. And you can see how that made a big difference. A few weeks ago in worship, Hannah Collier was up here, and she was about to lead us in the song, The Blessing. I don't know if you remember this from a few weeks ago, but God had placed a word on her heart for that song. And so she shared that word, and she invited us as a church to join in worship with that specific word in mind. And we've sung that song, The Blessing, many, many times. But as I was standing up in the balcony looking down, I saw more hands in the air and more people like sold out for God in that moment. And knowing that I was going to be preaching to this, I like elbowed my wife. I was like, Amanda, she gave us the why for our what, right? She gave us the purpose for the song. Because like what Michael Jr. said, when you know your why, your what becomes more impactful because you're working towards your purpose. So bluntly, what is your why for following Christ? What is your why for the things that you do as a follower of Christ. You know, why do you read your Bible? Or why are you sitting right here on a gloomy Sunday morning? Why do you give money to those in need? Why do you serve at kids camp or the food pantry? Why do you pray? Why do you forgive someone who doesn't deserve your forgiveness? Why do you teach your children the Bible? Why do you sing worship songs? And, you know, these questions can be tough to answer. There's not always, like, a ready-made answer for all of these things. So when I asked myself these questions as I was thinking about the message, it took me down this kind of interesting path. So I'm actually going to invite you into the Mark LaCasse line of thinking for the next couple of minutes to get to this whole answer of the why. Because the way that my mind works is I'm, all, I'm always looking for that silver bullet or that like prepackaged answer. So like if our kids aren't eating well at dinner, like how do you get your kids to eat food and like what is the way to do it? Or like with our puppy, we've been reading books and we want to potty train her. So like what is the way to potty train a dog? So obviously I approach this message and this video of knowing our why looking for what is the why that God gives all of us for the what's in our life. Um, and as I was looking at scripture, though, I was having a hard time identifying the why that we should all have for our what's as Christians. Now, I quickly realized some things that should not be our why. Um, for example, um, we don't, our why we do the things we do isn't to earn our salvation. Romans 6.23 says, the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. So like our salvation is a gift we don't earn it. So we don't do things as Christians because we are trying to earn our way to heaven. It's a gift we've already received. And we don't do it to earn God's approval. I mean, Genesis 127 says, God created man in his own image. So like, what better way to say, I approve of you than to say, I'm going to create you in my image. So we're already approved of by God. Um, and th- this isn't, the next one isn't one that I think we would all overtly say, oh yeah, I do the things that I do because I want to look better than other people. 
Um, but wouldn't you say that sometimes the way you do things and you compare how other people aren't doing the same thing that you are, like, hey, they haven't shown up for food pantry for a number of weeks, or they haven't come to small group, or when you do something, making sure that people know, hey, I'm the one that did this, sometimes we become motivated by doing things so that other people will think we look good. Another sneaky why is selfishness. We do the things for God because we want something out of it. It's the, if, if I do, and again, I don't think we overtly say like, hey God, if I do this, then please do that for me. So I'm going to do this, so this will happen to me. But so like my son has um, been in the hospital a number of times over his life. And I remember not overtly saying, okay, God, this is my deal with you, but thinking, well, if I keep reading my Bible and I keep doing this and I keep doing that, then like this is going to happen. And my motivation wasn't because like I wanted to do these things for God, but it was out of selfishness to kind of get something back in return. And the last one up there is, you know, oftentimes we might say our why is we want to seek the approval of others. I want Pastor Ed to think I'm a great guy. I want Pastor um, Greg to think I'm a great guy. I want my small group leader to approve of me. And so I'm going to serve here, here, and here. And again, probably not overt, like this is the reason why I'm doing it, but those can be the whys that sneak into our lives. So with all of these like things that don't work as our why, um, God brought me to the scripture of John 14, 6. And again, we're kind of going through the Mark Lucas line of reasoning here. So in John 14, 6, Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. And so this scripture makes it really clear. There's one way to God, and that's through Jesus. But as you read through the Bible and I look across the congregation, I see, yes, there's one way to God, and that's through Jesus, but there's many ways to Jesus. Whether it was Peter, who was the fisherman, or Matthew, who was the tax collector, who saw, or Saul, who was killing Christians, or anyone in here, we all have our own individual testimony of how God grabs a hold of our heart and draws us into him. And so in reflecting on this, I had the realization, if there's many ways to Jesus, and we each have our own individual testimony, and there's so many ways to express our love to God, then why would he give us all the same why? So my conclusion is that God gives us each our own individual why, or maybe multiple whys, our own individual reasons for why we follow him and why we do the things we do. And you're probably sitting here thinking, well, I knew that five minutes ago, so why did we go down this whole train of thought? Well, again, that's how my mind thinks, so that's where we went. And you'll notice that today you were all given a handout um, when you came in today. And we'll come back to this in a little bit. Um, but the reason why I, have you, I um, wanted you to get this handout is my goal for you today is for everyone to be able to reflect on why you follow Jesus, why you do those what's, why you do the things that we do so that we can walk in his purpose that he has for us. Because like Michael Jr. said, knowing your why, your what's become more impactful because you're walking in purpose. Um, Before we get into the handout, though, I want to give you some examples of other people's whys. Um, Because what I found over the years is that when... I hear other words that other people speak. I hear other people's thoughts. God will often speak to me through what other people have to say. So I reached out to a broad cross-section of people that I know in my own personal life who go to Shiloh and from other walks of life in the past month, and I sent them the video that we just watched, and I asked them the question, after watching the video, what do you see as your why or what do you see as your whys? And again, hearing examples from other people could be helpful for us. 
So the, and I'm just going to share a number of these quotes. But again, the reason isn't just for you to hear these quotes, but it's to be thinking in your own heart, in your own life. Okay, so then God, like, what are my whys and how are you speaking to me through this? Um, the first quote that I'd like to share, you actually might see him a little later on today um, at one o'clock playing for the New England Patriots. Um, I don't know if you guys know who Hunter Henry is, but he's the tight end for the New England Patriots. Uh, reached out to him and asked him what his why is. And he said, my why here is just, some people are laughing like they don't believe me. <laughs> you guys don't understand my Rolodex. I have some connections. Um, was it, isn't that, isn't that, oh, oh sorry, yeah, we, we do these things now, right? Okay. But anyways, my why here, he says, is to serve a bigger purpose. I like to worship God through my play. Hopefully I show a light in some aspect of my play and how I live my life. So what Hunter Henry's saying is his why is to bring worship to God and how he lives. And he continues to say, whether it's in his marriage, with his children, with his teammates, he wants to bring worship to God and how he lives his life. And you are correct. I do not know Hunter Henry, but I was reading an ESPN article a few weeks ago, and this quote was in there from him. And I was like, come on, this is perfect. So this is why the Patriots will win the Super Bowl, because God is obviously on our side, and God wants to be worshipped through Hunter Henry. Right? So anyways, um, so I'm going to read to you a few other quotes from people. And these are, the next ones are actually people that I know, what their why is. Um, and I felt very pri- privileged for those of you that responded to me when I sent out the email. The responses were so heartfelt and amazing. I really, really enjoyed them. So one person said, when I was a new believer, the reason that I did most of the things was because that's what I believe God wanted me to do. However, as I've grown in my faith and understanding of God, the reasons I do things now is to point people to him and to remove myself as much as I can from the equation. And this person makes me think of John the Baptist when John the Baptist says, may I decrease so that you may increase, right? And this person says that their goal is to bring people to Christ and be used however God wants them to and remove themselves from the equation as much as possible. The next one says, I've personally experienced the love, power, presence freedom, peace, faithfulness, provision, salvation, and protection of our mighty God and Savior. I know he revealed himself to me to not only be my all in all, but he wants me to share and show him to everyone I encounter. Why? To show them Jesus so they will encounter and experience him too. And this person, it makes me think of Romans 12:1 when Paul writes, in view of God's mercy, me after everything God has done for us, Offer yourself as a living sacrifice to God. And this person's saying, after everything I have experienced with God and Jesus and what he's done for me, I just want to offer my life to be a sacrifice and have others experience Jesus' love the way I have too. The next one says, to love others and myself by helping reduce pain and suffering where I can by sharing the kingdom of heaven here and now through com- connection, compassion, and the fruits of the spirit as Jesus did. And like, let's be real, like the world is hurting and broken. There's many people in here that are hurting and broken and need the love of Jesus. And so this person's motivation is to bring healing the way that Jesus brought healing to all those that they encountered. For me, my why was and continues to be that I knew what my life was like and where I was headed. So my why was and is based on the fact that without him, I would be at best an abject failure and miserable. And at worst, I would probably not be alive. 
And I love the, this idea, right? I, I've experienced what life is like without him. And now that I have him, I never want to go back. So I want to live for Christ in every way that I possibly can. I feel most fulfilled when I'm doing his will for me and staying close to him. The why I do things is because I feel like it is God's plan for me to do them. You know, I do what I do because it's what God wants me to, right? It's what God's called me to, so who would argue with God? When I read my Bible, pray, worship, and act like Jesus acted by loving and helping others, I become more like him, bear good fruit, and am unified with my Heavenly Father. And in a lot of the responses that I received, it's this idea that I want to do the things I do because it makes me more like God. Um, but I, what I love here is the fact at the end where how they write, and it unifies me with my Heavenly Father. Now, my son Matthew is obsessed with Star Wars right now. He's four years old, and he is absolutely obsessed with Star Wars. He's actually up in the balcony. If he hears me say Star Wars, he's probably going to start yelling Chewbacca. Um, so anyways, um, so and he's never even seen the movies, but we've, he knows good versus evil and good guys and all those sorts of things. And like everything he wants is Star Wars. We were actually at a story time at the library a couple of months ago, um, and it was like an evening story time, and the librarian was having all the kids lay down and close their eyes, and she was having them imagine they're walking through the forest, and candles were going, and it's silent, and Matthew calls out, I just can't stop thinking about Star Wars! <laughs> we're like, okay, we might need to pull back on Star Wars a little bit in your life. But, you know, Matthew knows that I loved Star Wars when I was a kid. And I was obsessed with Star Wars. And one night before bed, he says, Daddy, I love that whenever I have a question about Star Wars, you always know the answer. And I think a lot of his love for Star Wars is how it unites he and I together. And this picture up here is like, when we act like God and become more like him in the things we do, it unifies us with him. And there's that like close bond that I have with Matthew that like I feel like with Jesus too. And the last one is, says, a why, and it's a little long, a why is freedom. And this really ties into Ed's word at the beginning of service. The song Amazing Grace in the video was perfect because a sense of freedom comes from walking in wisdom, doing good, and having a clear conscience. When the right choice is clear, even if I don't feel like making the right choice because it's difficult or it costs me something, I generally understand that making the wrong or an unwise choice is burdensome, and a heavy burden limits one's freedom. There's freedom to be found under the yoke of Christ, and there's freedom in knowing that God has paid the price so that we may be free from sin. So you know, I follow God because I have the freedom to do so. For any of you who have ever been stuck in bondage and stuck in addiction or anything like that, we know what it's like to not have freedom. And so God has given us freedom, and so we walk in that, and that's why we do those things. So what do you think? pretty cool stuff from people sitting in and amongst you today. Maybe you feel like they missed something for their why they do what they do. Um, and if so, that's good, because that means that God's stirring something inside of you. Um, so I'm like going out on a limb here, okay? So what I'm going to ask you to do now is something that we don't normally do in church. Uh, don't worry, you're not going to be like, well, I won't say. Anyways, I, I'm gonna, so what I'm going to ask you to do in a moment is turn to someone and talk to them. And what I want you to tell them is, what is your why, after hearing these things, what is your why for the things, doing the things that you do? Or, if you don't know, or that's out of your comfort zone, then just share, what was one of the whys that stuck out to you? 
And I'm going to give you guys like one or two minutes to do this because I see value, again, in hearing other people's thoughts. So you can share and then you can listen. And then in about one minute, I'll call us all back and we'll keep going with the message. Got it? So now, by the way, you're going to, there's going to have to be a few brave people who turn and start talking or else it's just going to be silent. Okay, so go. Turn and talk. Share with people. What is your why or what are the ones that stuck out to you? All right, so if I, uh, if I know anything, if I let you keep going, you'll probably keep going, and then we'll miss Hunter Henry playing for the Patriots later. So you guys are like my seventh graders. I just keep talking, and you keep talking. <laughs> Quiet! No, I'm just kidding. Not that I yell at my students. I never do. Um, all right, so now I want us to take a look. Thank you for doing that, by the way. And I hope you find value in hearing what other people think, especially if you're married or something, like encourage each other because you probably know them sometimes better than they know themselves, right? So everyone, if you have a handout, go ahead and take it out. If you don't have a handout, could you raise your hand? And I have a few people that are going to come around and find a handout for you. Um, so thank you very much. And if you need a pen, I have a couple of people too. So let's do handouts first. And then I'll get going with the pens in just a moment. So um, I'm just going to talk to you guys through the handout. And so I've actually built... So just keep your hand up and people will come find you. Um, So I've actually built time into the message today so that we can take time to fill this out in church. Because if you're anything like me, you want to fill this out when you get home. But then the Patriots come on. And then you're like, well, I'll do it this evening. And then you have to get ready for the work week. And then I'll do it in my quiet time the next morning. And before you know it, like, something happens and you don't do it. And then Tuesday comes. And if you don't do it by Tuesday, it's not happening. At least that's my experience. So what I want us to think about in that top section where it says my why is to reflect on why do you do the things that God has called you to? And this could be one thing or this could be multiple things. But we heard a number of examples from other people. Um, And then for your what's, what are the specific things that God has called you to do? Right now that you've identified why you're doing it, what is it? And this is where you'll write down some of those specific things like a ministry that you want to serve in or being a parent or being a faithful spouse or serving through worship or something like that. What are those things that you feel like God has specifically called you to? And think back to Ephesians 2.10. We are God's handiwork created to do good things in advance. And then the bottom section, I actually really love this because one of the things that I love about reflecting, oh, by the way, don't start filling it out yet. You're not going to hear what I have to say. I made I, the cardinal sin of teaching. I gave you something in your hand and now you're not going to listen to anything that I have to say. Come on. 
Um, but one of the things that I love about reflecting and setting direction, by the way, Andy Stanley, North Point Community Church pastor, he always says, direction determines destination. And I love that quote. Uh, right now, we're setting our direction by identifying what are these whys and these whats in our lives. But one of the great things about doing this is sometimes we recognize we need to adjust what we're doing in our life to fulfill these whys and these whats. Put another way, if my purpose is to show God's love to others because of the love he has shown me, that's my why, and I believe one of my whats is to parent my children in a loving way, and I recognize that I keep falling short, then maybe I need to start doing something this year to help that happen. So maybe what I would put down under the things to start is to find a Christian parenting book and read that this month, or find a parent who I trust and get together for coffee with them in January or in the next two weeks and talk to them about what it means to be a better parent. So put another way, to walk in the purpose, the why, is there anything that I can start doing to help me walk in this purpose more? And then the stop section, the bottom section, um, is the same as the start, but just the opposite, right? Um, Is there something you specifically need to stop doing in 2022 to walk in God's purpose more? And, you know, are you finding yourself tied into too many commitments? Maybe you feel like serving those in need is an excellent thing for you. It's what God's calling you to. And the food pantry would be great on Friday nights, but you don't have time to do it. You're too tired. Well, then is there something you need to pull out of your schedule? Because if this is really what God's placing on your heart, there's probably things that's more important than that you're involved in. Or maybe there's areas in your life, ways you're spending money, TV shows you're watching, things you're viewing online, people you're seeing, things you're consuming that are getting in the way of you walking in God's purpose for you. Maybe that's something you need to stop. And I think there's power in actually putting it on paper. That could be the first step to making it happen. So I'm going to give you guys a couple of minutes to fill this out right now, right here, and then we'll wrap up our service together. Is there anyone that needs a pen? If you raise your hand, I can come around and help too. So we're going to play some worship music. Take a couple of minutes and go ahead and fill this out.
going to talk as you write, so just keep going. But I would encourage you to let this be the beginning of the conversation, to bring this home, put it in your Bible, not your Rolodex, because we don't have those anymore, but put it somewhere um, where you're going to be able to see this. You know, there might be nights, and maybe you've experienced this, where you're serving at the food pantry, and you're like, I don't even want to be here. Why am I here? This is something that's great to go back to, to reflect and be like, wait, this is why I'm doing it. Like, I'm, like by me doing this, I'm becoming more like Christ because I'm serving through the way that he's called me to serve. At the beginning, I read Ephesians 2.10, and in the Amplified Version, it says this, that we're his workmanship, his own masterwork, a work of art, created in Christ Jesus, reborn from above, spiritually transformed, renewed, ready to be used for good works which God prepared for us beforehand, taking paths which he set so that we would walk in them, living the good life which he prearranged and made ready for us. We are all have good works prepared for us. And as it says there, we are all ready to be used. And so God has prearranged and made ready great things for us as we walk in the purpose that he has for us. And remember that quote from Andy Stanley that says, direction determines destination. And at any point in our life, we can determine a new direction for our life. But if you're like me, the new year provides the amazing opportunity for reflection and um, destination setting. So I'd encourage you to take this home with you, put it in a place, keep reflecting on it, talk about it with a spouse or someone you trust. I see so much power and value in that. Um, And thank you, Hunter Henry, for um, being a part of this. So why don't you stand with me as we pray? God, there's no silver bullet to, to, to... making everything perfect in life, right? You never promised a carefree, problem-free life. But God, you've invested in us. We're your creation, and we reflect you. And God, I pray that in how we live our lives, we would reflect you to those around us. So God, the things from today that we're writing down, would you take those that are of you and sink them deep in our hearts, God? And God, things that aren't of you, God, would you just throw them away like chaff to the wind? We want to walk in purpose, God but so that we can glorify you and make a greater impact in this world for you and your kingdom. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you, guys.